0: What's up, Washington fans? Welcome to the Bernie Network Podcast. This is the first loser pod. I'm Josh Taylor, joined by Brian Murphy. Brian, we had some high hopes. We talked about it with Cameron uh, when we had him on the preview pod. And I actually talked to him today. He predicted 30-14. to The final score was 30-15. to uh, Right on the money. He, he was right <laughs> on the money. <laughs> we didn't lose by 30 like Lefko said we were. Uh, but still just a disappointing uh performance so real quick what was your thoughts after the game what was really the first thing that you thought about
1: yeah uh I'm just I don't want getting down 17 nothing or more to be the norm for this team like I hope they realize they can start a little bit faster that was the biggest frustration for me um I think I I thought they would have learned from week one that hey you can jump out to a quicker start you don't have to play from behind the entire time it just felt like uh, they shot themselves in, in the foot a couple of times early on, and they were playing behind the eight ball from then on out, and it's hard to win that way. And I think Arizona's way better than Philly. They okay. were definitely more healthy. So uh, I don't think you were going to come back from down 17 nothing or 20 to nothing or whatever it ended up being. So just frustration that they didn't start a little bit faster than last week, and then uh, just overall just frustrated with some things that I think could have gone a, a little bit better.
0: Yeah, like you said, you can't really go down that much, especially against a guy like Kyler Murray. I really want to talk about him because um, you know uh, Cam really asked us what we thought about him going into this season, like what the overall like view was of Kyler Murray, especially out here like East Coast wise. He is exactly what we thought he was. I mean, like we talked about, he's not just you know second year quarterback, just kind of you know easing along. He's up there with. Uh, I'd say top three votes right now for MVP. What do you think?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think maybe the top two are both in the NFC West with Russ Wilson and uh, and Kyler Murray. He was every bit of what I've heard and expected. It was the first time kind of watching him against my team and really diving in and watching what he does. And he just does everything well. He throws on the run well. He can throw it deep. He can throw it underneath. He, uh, he took three sacks for a grand total of eight yards, so he doesn't put you in bad spots. I mean, he, he was ab- absolutely as advertised. He's the real deal, and yeah, I'm with you. He's right up there, and I think he's going to continue to be up there for Offensive Player of the Year votes, for MVP votes, for all that, especially if they uh, continue producing the way they do on that Arizona offense.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk more about you know other quarterbacks around the league, you know, comparing to Dwayne Haskins this episode because it seems like that's what everyone's talked about. But with uh, Kyler Murray and the supporting cast that he has around him, we saw what Larry Fitzgerald can do. I felt we did a decent job on Hopkins, you know, other than that wide open score that looks like Lando kind of bid on. Uh, but how do you think we did secondary wise um, compared to what we expected?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was tough. I thought we might get Fuller back. I thought that might be a little surprise, a little booster shot there, but he ended up not playing. But you're you're right, I think they did pretty well. I think there was some miscommunication. Um, But, yeah, overall, against one of the top two, top three, whatever you want to call DeAndre Hopkins receivers, I thought they overall did pretty well. Like you said, the touchdown I think was a huge miscommunication. I don't think any team would ever leave DeAndre Hopkins wide open like that. Uh, but it seemed like Jimmy Moreland, Fabian Moreau were kind of getting up in his grill a couple of times, and I, that, that was good to see. So, uh, But he, he's the real deal, so it, it's hard to judge based off of that. But like you said, I think overall they did better than I, I expected. I was kind of expecting along the lines of what he did week one. It wasn't that bad, thankfully, but uh, you know he, he, he's one of the best. So if you get some positive plays, it's hard not to say that that's, that's awful. I think they did, did all right.
0: Yeah, but when you know when, when your quarterback's averaging eight point four uh, yards per carry and Kyler Murray, that doesn't help either. He scored no. twice on his feet. You know, you know Cam said he is a uh, a pass first quarterback. And it absolutely looks like he is. But when the opportunity's there, he's going to take it. And he made a lot of guys miss. I and mean, we kind of said his size might be um, an advantage. I saw that a couple times on Twitter. What about Kyler Murray? Think makes him so unique to being able to run like that. You know, we see, like, Lamar Jackson stuff, but he's not a run-first guy. It's his second instinct.
1: Yeah, I just think his size actually helps him in that sense. He's so hard to grab a hold of. I think we saw Washington defenders kind of hesitate, try to trap him a little bit, but he's yeah. so shifty in that, that small frame. It allows him to get out of it. And I think we saw that several times yesterday. So that was the most frustrating part. It felt like the Washington defense kind of had him in their sight but would pull would up to try to not get shook. And they ended up getting shook anyway, so yeah. it's just frustrating. He's able to move so quick. We saw him just able to change directions, make guys look silly, and, and like you said, he's not a he's not a run first guy, but he's not also not hesitant to to tuck it and take off when when he knows he has a lane there. And I feel like there were a couple of lanes that were wide open, and you let him get in open space. It's it's adios from there. So. Uh, it was just frustrating because it felt like they didn't play awful against him, and they were they were respecting his run. He just still is so shifty and can make plays out of nowhere that he he made you pay anyway.
0: Yeah, I think our, I think we did have enough pressure, and I think our D line you know did a good job. But with with him, like we said, if you push him out of the pocket. And I love his throw. He has such a baseball throw, too. Like he, yeah. he's, he is not afraid to do bootlegs, play action, stuff like that. But he has such a quick release, and we've talked about that with Haskins, like needing to get the ball out quick and stuff like that. But he has such a fast release. It doesn't really matter. If you bring the pressure, if you bring blitzes, he's either going to make a, a play on his feet or he's just going to get rid of the ball that fast. So I think there's only but so much you can do. Uh, we saw Landon Collins make the big play on defense early in the game. To me, I think that was the turn point that could have given us some momentum the rest of the game. I mean, made a huge play. We're right there in scoring position. And then, <laughs> right before you know it, Haskins is down. Uh, sack fumble. So, I, what was your reaction? Do you blame that really on Haskins? Or do you think that was more like drawn Christian? Or it looked like Sheriff kind of actually got blown up on that right side. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I wrote that down. I think it was Sheriff that just got absolutely blown up. And I think if, watching it back, I think if Haskins had a split second longer, it, was, it could have been a touchdown to Terry McLaurin. Yeah. So that's that's frustrating. You definitely could have used a little bit more time there. It's it's frustrating to get the ball basically in the red zone and not come away with any points. You know, I would have taken a field goal there. makes it 7-3. You're like, all right, we're in this game. But to come away with nothing is just frustrating. So it just kind of was a... I don't know, it was kind of an omen for the rest of the game, you know, like you, you had an opportunity, you couldn't take advantage of it, and then Arizona just capitalized on you not being able to take advantage of their mistakes, and it just kind of felt like that snowballed the rest of the way, yeah. had it been 7-7, we could have been looking at a different game, we maybe get Kyler Murray a little more rattled, you know, he's already thrown a pick at that point, Do, can we get him again? But, yeah, to come away with no points and to give them the ball right back, that was tough, and it, it sets you up for failure the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, we've seen you know, Ron talk about how he wants to get Haskins starting early. You want to build momentum early, but we saw what happened last week. We're just, for whatever reason, not a first-half team. The last yeah. thing you want to do is lose the ball. When you get the ball in the red zone like that, where you can score, and then Steven Sims fumbles that kickoff. So it really just kind of sets you up for failure in the first half. Like I don't see what else you could really do unless you just have like some crazy performance to kind of dig yourself out of that. So like to me, it seems like you kind of have to make adjustments. Do you think we did that soon enough? Or what have you been seeing coaching-wise um, going down so much early?
1: Well, I feel like there was a little bit more energy in the second half, but uh, I don't see why we can't have that energy in the first half. And I think I saw Ron Rivera spoke today, and he said, he talked to uh, Scott Turner, I believe, and he's like, let's get second half Dwayne Haskins out there in the first half. Let's get this going before we're down by two scores, three scores at halftime. You're right, though. I mean, like, it's it's a bummer that you start off with a three and out, then, you know, then you end up later on, you you fumble in the red zone, then you fumble the punt return. Like, there was no chance for the offense to get going, and they just kept shooting themselves in the foot, in different ways, and it's hard to build rhythm off of that, and it's hard to, it's hard to see how they could have gotten going. So I think eventually they did make adjustments. I just think it was too little, too late, and Arizona just really had your number yesterday.
0: Yeah, but what do you think it's going to take to get that second half, Dwayne, out there? Because really, you know, I was kind of thinking about this game, um, and then in Philly, it seems like we really wanted to set up a running game early, and that you can't really. Do too much, you know, for Haskins to get him going and giving him momentum. If you're just running the ball, and I understand running the ball helps the passing game, but you're not getting him in a rhythm. So, what do you think that Scott Turner should do? Like, because me personally, I'm thinking like slants, more screens, which I don't think I've seen any of, which he did yeah, exactly. in Carolina. So, what, what do you think we need to do different?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say some screens. I mean, let's get the the running backs involved. I think that I thought that's why we had Antonio Gibson. I thought that's the the sole reason JD McKissick was on this team was to get him involved in the pass game. And that just hasn't happened. I don't know why you can't set that up on first and second down early in the game. It, it, it usually turns out well the way Scott Turner's ha- has run his offense in the past. I feel like we've seen a lot of positivity from the screen game. It turns out well. So that's one thing Two, It gets a completion for Dwayne Haskins. It gets a little bit of confidence to where yeah. he's not starting 0-for-3, 0-for-2, 0-for-3 to start the game. He gets a short check down and gets some uh, gets some rhythm going. I, I'm with you. I don't I don't know why there's uh, uh, hesitancy or, or whatever it is to not get that going earlier. Uh, I'd love to see McKissick and Gibson out there at the same time. I think that was something we were talking about right before the season, get those guys involved in pass catching.
0: They've, McKissick looked good, too, and Gibson looked better this game, too.
1: Yeah, they, they definitely look good, so why not put them out there, especially if you think your wide receiver core is not up to snuff, which it definitely isn't. No. <laughs> your, your second target, your, your second guy out wide, that's not going to cut it. So get some of these running backs involved. I thought that's what they were in here for. That's the frustrating part is it seems like there's some easy fixes, but they're not they're not doing the easy stuff.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, like like we said, I think, you know, McKissick showed some flashes. And, like, the whole time I'm watching the game, I'm, like, thinking of ideas. I liked last week how we did some uh, feints and stunts and stuff like that on offense. And, like, we acted like um, Gibson was going to get it. And then, like, he threw, like, quick passes on the other side of the field to Sims. And just really spread the field out and kept the defense guessing. That's what really got us going in the second half last week. Uh, But just watching it, between the the mistakes and just not really – Getting Haskins going, and it's like the key play that really got the momentum was just quick slants to Terry, which he obviously right. scored on. My bet hit. Shout out to Terry on that one. Had to nice. re- had to recover from a parlay that the uh, Chiefs cost me. Um, don't ever bet Chiefs eight and a half. Um, but I think you know, and, and you know they this is their second season together. But like you said, Inman. He's not it, and we let's just go ahead and just talk about Haskins because everyone is talking about Kyle Allen. I've seen people say, give Alex Smith a try. We could have had Cam. We could have had this guy. Can't wait for Lawrence. I'm going to yeah, let you, you, you speak because I, got, I, got I, I have a lot of bad words I'm trying not to use, so I just want you to go ahead and go first on that topic.
1: Yeah, so I, I think it's crazy to give up on a guy who just made his, his ninth start ever who has played only eight quarters this season and is learning another offense. You could argue it's his third offense because, you know, right, right. Jay Gruden's gone halfway through the year. So you got to think that he was learning that offense. Then Bill Callahan installs his offense. Now they're all gone and he's in his arguably third offense. I don't know how you can accurately judge him, not to mention his best guy is a second year receiver who. I agree, is a stud. Terry McLaurin is a stud. But outside of him, you don't know what you got. You got a guy in the slot in Steve uh, Steve Sims that... that
0: Undrafted. You know,
1: yeah, he's rough around the edges. Like you said, Inman, a journey guy. Uh, a former quarterback is your starting tight end. You got a bunch of uh, new running backs. One's a rookie, one who, who kind of played wide receiver more than he played running back. So I don't know how you accurately judge it. And I say all that, and we haven't even talked about the offensive line which we knew was going to be a little lackluster after losing Trent. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to judge this guy fully. Did he have a great game? No. There were there were a few throws where he certainly should have had. There were a couple of third and shorts where he could have easily completed the pass, kept the drive going. But to say that, that we're done with him, to say we need to move on is just asinine. There is no way that you can say the book is written at all about Dwayne Haskins. Is it frustrating to see other quarterbacks, young quarterbacks around the league having success? Yes. But you look at a bunch of those different situations. They've got some playmakers around them. They've got some, some help. They've got at least a decent O line. They've got the same head coach in position, all these things that Dwayne Haskins hasn't and doesn't have. So I'm not ready to give up on the guy. Is it frustrating when he misses a couple of open throws? Sure, but every quarterback's it's gonna, gonna do that. Yeah, it, it's gonna happen. So I, I, I in no way am I ready to give up on Dwayne Haskins. And if you are, you gotta, you gotta pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not gonna say that you're you're dumb for thinking that because I, I understand being frustrated. But yeah, so I don't think we can give up on a guy like Dwayne Haskins after eight quarters into a new offense and all these other things like you mentioned a Zoom off season. We just need to pump the brakes. It's two weeks in we're not 0 two people forget that we're not 0 two it's not like he he's played awful he got you enough throws in in week one he struggled yesterday sure but i don't think it's time to give up on him and if you do i think you need to pump the brakes need to take it easy uh let this play out a little bit and give him a little bit more time
0: it's third and long the quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score let's see what he does He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe, clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches. Grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt, the result will be a touchdown. Yeah, to me, you know, this is still Ron's first season. He cleaned out all the guys that he doesn't want, whether you agree with him or not. Like Adrian Peterson, that's your own opinion. So this is really his first year just kind of building what his team is. You can only do but so much. Yes, you can throw a ton of money at a bunch of random guys and just pray to God they work. But is that something you really want to get into? Bad contracts. Do you want a David Johnson contract on your team? You know, is that something that you're willing to get into? Yeah, we can try out some vets that are cheap. Sure, we could have brought in new We could bring in uh, Randall, uh, the safety. So, I mean, yes, there's moves that you can make. But really, this is Ron figuring out what he has on his team. And you can't do that if you just plug in guys. that's going to be here for a year. Um, so, to me, with Haskins, like, people still forget that he only played one season at Ohio State. Joe yeah, Burrow, yeah. Exactly. He... he didn't play as much as some guys like Trevor Lawrence, who feels like he's been the quarterback of Clemson for 100 years now. You know, he had this system. You know, he kind of traveled around. He had this experience. This is really Haskins' second and a half full season as a starting quarterback, college and pro. So, I mean, what do you expect? Gardner Minshew was at Washington State for four years. I've seen people throw his name out. Um, Justin Herbert, he was in Oregon for all four years. I mean, you can't just make up experience. If you're at a job for a year compared to your fourth year, I would hope there's an improvement, right? So, like, college-wise, do you think that has a big influence compared to some of these other guys that we're seeing thrown out, like Gardner Minshew, Herbert? Or what do you think is the biggest difference, the cast that they have around them or the experience that they have, just being a quarterback in general?
1: Yeah, between those two, I definitely think experience is huge. Um yeah, like you said, he didn't even start all of last year, so he didn't even get a full NFL season. Like you said, he only had one full season at Ohio State. So, yeah, this guy is, if you add that up, what is that, 9, 15, 24, 25, 26 career starts going back to college? I mean, yeah, that's not a whole lot. we got to give him time. I don't think we know all that he can do. I, think, uh, I don't think the coaches would lie – and, and say that he's picking up the offense and having a great offseason, if that wasn't true, yeah. I think we just need to give it time to gel. Does he have lackluster weapons? Yeah. Um, but there's nothing you can do about that right now. This is who you got. This is what yeah. you got to deal with. So I, I think he'll he'll eventually make something happen. But I think these guys need time, just like him, to gel with each other, to gel with their offensive coordinator, to gel with all these guys uh, the first time that they're they're getting together, I mean, it's just uh, yeah, it's just way too early to 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 cut him off. like you said, he hasn't started many games. It's a great point going back to college. I didn't even think about the fact that he's coming in with limited experience. so yeah, just give him some time. I mean, it's okay to 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 let it breathe a little bit,
0: yeah, and like I said, I mean you can you can be mad because you see a guy like Herbert on literally like a minute's notice come in the game, almost be the chiefs. But we don't have Mike Williams, we don't have Keenan Allen, we don't have Austin Eckler, we surely don't have Hunter Henry. I mean, that's a great supporting cast, great defense. I mean, we have a good defense, but that helps him out tremendously on top of all these offensive weapons that he has. And you can say, okay, Joe Burrow. He still has Joe Mixon, who no one on our team is anywhere near the talent of Joe Mixon. A.J. Green, uh, Taj Boyd, um, who's the other guy they just drafted out of Clemson? I mean, they they have weapons. Yeah, T Higgins, they yeah. have weapons. So, well, and, go
1: ahead. And we're also kind of forgetting that I think Arizona pretty legit. I think he was kind they're of legit. having to keep up with. I think he was having to keep up with a juggernaut. I think this is going to be one of the better offenses in the league. So the fact that he was trying to keep up with Kyler Murray, who we we've already said is potentially having an offensive mm-hmm. player of the year or MVP type season. I don't think that's how this team is built. I I don't know that this team is built for shootouts like that, especially not with this offense right now. So we got to remember who they were playing. Week one, they looked a little bit better because Philadelphia was banged up. They got to Carson Wentz eight times. That wasn't the case yesterday, and I think Arizona is just a step above them, uh, especially on the offensive side, and I think Dwayne was pushing it a little bit. I think he was trying to make too many plays, and it just looked worse than it actually was.
0: I looked at our schedule, and to be honest with you, I think the Cardinals are the fourth-best team we play this season, maybe fifth. I think they're that good. I think between them and the Seahawks, one of them's coming out of the West for the NFC. I don't see the 49ers doing it um, just because yeah, they're going clear. through so much. But like you said, you, you're you down 7 nothing. You get the ball. Yes, he fumbled it. Is it his fault? I can't put that on him because he only had 2.25 seconds to release the ball. It literally, like you said, if he would have had a millisecond, he has a touchdown in the end zone, and we're talking about this completely different. If he makes that throw, if Sheriff picks up his guy, or Gibson picks up that blitzer late in the pass protection, are we having the same conversation? Are you going to let one play dictate your opinion on Haskins?
1: Yeah, and, and it, it you can't really say, like, oh one play changed the outcome of the game, but one play sets you up and you're tied as opposed to being down two scores. So I, I I absolutely believe that he gets that under his belt. He's feeling good. He's going toe-to-toe with Kyler Murray. And uh, we could be talking about a different game. Do they win? Maybe not. But I think we're talking about Dwayne Haskins having a solid game. You start off shaky, usually it's hard to recover. I mean, look at anybody. You, you start off shaky, it starts getting in your head. You're overthinking stuff. And, it it gets worse from there so yeah you know one or two plays in the beginning goes differently you're able to hold on to a a a punt after you you force a three and out maybe maybe things are looking differently there but but yeah not all this is on Dwayne by any stretch of the imagination
0: no I want to see how Dwayne looks week 16 I'm gonna give him this whole year now if he if it looks like this it's week 16, I don't see any progress, we're like 2-14, and 14, just bottom of the barrel. And then I give you permission to have, start having these conversations, but we're 1-1, one, one, first in the NFC East, right. he's still learning, there's so many different factors. I don't think it's fair to critique him the way that he is being critiqued, and he knows that, and he knows people are talking about it, it's been like that since last season with him first coming in, but I, I just don't see how that's fair and no. people will compare it to other stuff like that. But I have until the end of the season, and you can do a full evaluation. How patient are you with Haskins?
1: Amen. Yeah, I, I think coming into this year, I, I was ride or die with Haskins. If it looks bad, you move on next year. If it looks good and you think you can build off it, here's your quarterback moving forward. I was willing, like you said, to give him this year whatever it looks like, whether it's 3-13 and 13 or whether they, they somehow sneak out a 9-7, and seven. You roll with Haskins this year. You reevaluate. You see where you're at come draft time, free agency, all that. But I'm going to give Haskins the rest of this year. And like you said, if we're starting to not see uh, him improve week by week or even you know later in the season, then then you then you have an issue. But two, two weeks into a new coaching staff and A and B and C and all the reasons we've listed, it's not enough.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've seen 100% of this offense. I think we're at like 80%. Play-wise, like scheme-wise, because like I said, there's still so much more that Scott Turner has, and people are saying, "Where's his play calling? Where's this?" I think he's being really generous with his calls, because he does want to set up some kind of a rhythm. I think we're at like the basics of it right now. He's not trying to get too complicated and overcomplicate things, and you know, call some stakes and stuff like that. He kind of just wants to build up. So honestly, by week four, week five, I say going. Um, even against the Rams or the Giants I think the Giants would be a good test of how much we have improved because Ravens are good, Rams are good Browns we're going to talk about next week I'm excited to talk about that game but they're not looking too shabby either the defense is a little shaky so uh, I think we'll have some momentum there Um, but one big blow that we received was Brandon Sheriff going down they said it's not too serious but he will be out a couple weeks not sure exactly how long Uh, what did you think of Wes Schweitzer when he came in?
1: Yeah, I think he had some positive plays. I think he showed that he had started in the NFL before. And we already mentioned Brandon Sheriff. He wasn't really having that great a game. I think he was getting knocked backwards a little yeah. bit. I think he was responsible for uh, the, the strip sack there. At least his guy was the guy that got there. Um, but this is just kind of Brandon Sheriff in a nutshell. I don't know how you feel, man, but it just feels like we, we start to see it. He, he looks like the beast that we, we drafted. And then one or two or however many games in he he ends up injured and he ends up just not being reliable and so that's more frustrating than anything I think Wes Schweitzer will be okay I think he'll be serviceable but it's just frustrating to see that uh, Brandon Sheriff's not going to be out there once again and there's nothing you can do with injuries but it just happens every year we can't get a full season out of this guy and so uh, that gets to be frustrating I know that's going to be be down the road whether or not you sign him long term but Man, to miss him for a month, it's hard to see this guy you know, sticking around long-term just because he, he's not reliable.
0: No, and it's not good to get an injury, um, especially in a season where you're expecting a new contract. Right. And it seems like every time we want to pay him, I wrote an article in our offensive line before the season started, and it seems like every time we want to pay him, something happens, a slight injury, he's out a couple of weeks, and we saw him you know, get injured again last season. Um, but I actually really liked West uh, Switzer, someone that I've known a little bit about. He came from the Falcons over in your neck of the woods. Yep. Um, I talked about him a little bit before the season started. I really wanted him to come in and replace, replace West Martin because he didn't have a good game either. I watched him and Dron Christian the entire game because after last week, I was like, if they do something wrong, like I'm gonna catch it. And he didn't have; he, he was just struggling. So I really wanted West to pull out and replace the other West. But it looks like we can't really do that. Um, so I wanted to ask you, do you think it's time for Keith Ishmael, or are you still riding with Martin?
1: Um, man, I feel like if Keith Ishmael would, would have been the guy, I feel like he would have already been starting. I think he's still a rookie. I bet you he's still got a lot to learn. And whether or not you like Wes Martin, he's played some games for you uh, and for this team. So I think you roll with him. I think you give him a couple more weeks, but you're right. I mean, how much longer? It seems like that entire left side of the line is just waiting to be replaced. Like, how long is it until City Charles is ready? How long is it until Keith Ishmael is ready? So, yeah, they're on a short leash, but I I think you you give him a couple more weeks. Like we said with the playmakers from this team, you got to let the offensive line gel a little bit and they haven't played uh, together a whole lot, especially that left side. So maybe a couple more games, maybe some more continuity and they'll start to look better. But I, we've talked about it since before the season. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, I think you got to roll with it a little bit more. I think it's too early to start pulling guys similar to Dwayne Haskins. It's just too early. Two games in is too early to start making drastic changes
0: but what helps haskins get into more of a rhythm protection on his blind side or would you rather have a better wide receiver than inman
1: <sighs> i would love to have a better wide receiver than inman but i think that it wouldn't matter who he was thrown to right now i think there's just so much pressure in his face that he could have two studs out there and i i don't know that he'd be able to to make great throws because he's just got guys in his face all the time so I would start with the protection. I would hope that these guys can figure it out, or if they do need to make a change in a week or two or three or whenever it is, you see what some of the young guys have. Um, but I think you got to address the offensive line before you start worrying about who he's throwing to. I just don't think he has time to throw it to, to anybody. Uh, you know, Inman's not anything special, but I, I don't think it would really matter who you had over there.
0: It's slipping my mind what his name is. What's the wide receiver we lost for the season from NC State?
1: Uh, Calvin Harmon yeah Calvin
0: Harmon yeah do you think we're starting to miss him right now because he did show some flashes last season making some crazy catches and stuff like that even though he was another one of those late round guys do you think we're really missing him right now because it doesn't look like AGG's ready we're slowly getting him out there they said he's not really learning the offense at the pace that they were hoping for but he's getting there so do you wish we had Calvin Harmon back right about now
1: yeah, it'd be nice. Like you said, some of those contested catches, I feel like maybe he would have brought down a couple that were missed. Um, but, again, I just think that there's you got to get some better protection. you got to find a way to give Haskins some more time to go through his progressions. I, I don't know that it would really matter who's out there right now. So I'm not going to get too worked up about the receivers. Um, but, but, of course, you'd rather have your, your entire staff than just having to rely on a guy like Inman. We signed two weeks before the season started.
0: Yeah, we didn't really even talk about drops, but it seemed like he had two key drops in like third-down situations. Logan Thomas had two that I can recall of. Um, But one last thing about Haskins I want to talk about is you you see this uh, chart going around on Twitter talking about his time to throw, and he's having more success when he gets rid of the pass in less than two seconds. And to me, I really want to address this because it looks like a lot of people are taking that as in... Oh, like after two and a half seconds he's getting confused. He's, you know, not making the right reads. He's struggling as a quarterback. But honestly, when I first look at this, this is what it says. When he gets rid of it fast, like the slants and stuff we talked about, he has a lot of success. But to me, when he holds on to the ball for more than two seconds, there's more than likely someone on his lap. To me, that reads all about the protection, not really about Haskins and making his progressions. Cause they are praising. His decision making and ron said he knows what like he he can find the right read sometimes he'll get a little too excited and want to get it up there so that's usually when he throws it high because he doesn't set his feet how he should but he's still making the right progression so when i see that chart people are taking it the wrong way in my opinion so i really want to talk about that what was your opinion on it
1: yeah i agree with you because i I think that maybe he found the right receiver if he waited a little bit longer but also at the same time he's having a guy uh, about to tackle him like you were saying so that's just that that's probably misleading I think it would have to be like a if you broke it down and looked at each individual throw I think some of them where he might have missed he he like you said was going to the right guy just didn't have time to completely set his feet didn't have time to completely deliver the ball he wanted to because he's having to basically run for his life so yeah, I don't read too much into that. Um, I don't know how much you can take away from that. Uh, so, yeah, that that seems a little... I don't know, that sounds like somebody trying to fit their narrative as opposed yeah. to, to what's actually going on.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I saw a stat, um, PFF said that Washington offensive line is allowing 35.1% uh, of pressures on dropbacks, and that's the third most in the NFL Uh, And I saw somewhere else it said that Haskins was in the bottom five of time to be able to release the ball because of his protection. So there's just so much to it. You can talk about this literally from every angle and – We've seen it in the last 24 hours on this stupid phone, with right. Twitter, all the uh, scouts that have come out of the woodworks um, from nowhere. Uh, but one more person I want to talk about that has been getting critiqued, and that's Troy Apke, who it looks like Kyler Murray put him on a dog leash and just took him for a walk. Yeah. Not the best performance after uh, we've already kind of uh, talked down on him going into the season, and then last week it wasn't looking too hot. What's your uh, final eval on Abke's uh, performance?
1: Yeah, it just seemed like he's. I think the biggest knock on him was the angles he takes, and it just seems like he was constantly overrunning things. I just felt like there were a couple of times where I was like, "Did you expect? You know what? What were you? What were you looking for there?" And he, you know, Kyler Murray's ridiculous, but I feel like he even overran Kyler Murray. Like the one thing you can't do, you got to keep him in front of you, and he just wasn't able to do that. So. Yeah, it was tough to see. Um, I don't know, man. Like I what's what's the answer then? Is is this, the Shazer Everett? Is he is he the starter? I mean it's be Curl Cameron, to me, man. Cameron Curl. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Maybe Cameron Curl is the answer, but are you willing to rely on a seventh round rookie starting or, you know, coming in to start three games into his career? I I don't know. Maybe maybe that is the answer. I just don't know. But I thought I thought they had said, and I thought they were they were high on Apke. I thought that he had made some strides, but it just looks like the same old guy uh, out there that we've seen in years past.
0: So i got to ask you, Kendall Fuller comes back. Do you move him to free safety, which he did play at Kansas City? Had success with it because Jimmy Moreland and Fabian Moreau were holding down the corner spots. Both have looked phenomenal. Do you throw Fuller out there, or do you go with Curl?
1: I think you got to put Fuller in at his natural position at his strong position and of corner I I think he would really help help everybody to have another solid corner out there Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to mixing it up a little bit maybe having him out there 10 plays a game see what he can do for you back deep and if you see that he's really making a huge impact then maybe you do roll with that but I want to see Kendall Fuller out there at corner, which I think is his natural position, and to see how he can help, um, see if maybe that helps mask some of the issues that they're having on the back end, having all their corners out there. So I I want to see Fuller out there at corner first and then maybe ease him into a couple rotations and then kind of reevaluate from there.
0: Yeah, I agree. Just having him anywhere on the field, honestly, is going to help us out. for sure uh shout out to kevin pierre lewis for showing up i think he had a great game um one guy that didn't get talked about at all going into training camp showing that he belongs i think he's going to be one of our better coverage linebackers and he made some really smart plays especially on that third down going all the way from his side to the other side of the field with uh, uh, edmonds on that third and short and just cutting him down short Uh, so i think he had a really good game so there's some good things still out there I'm going to critique what I feel like is going to be needed to be critiqued. Uh, Like I said, with Haskins, I think it's way too early to do that. I will talk about how much I I don't like Abke or this offensive line right now. Uh, But other than that, we're still growing. Like We still have so much games to be played. So next week, we're going to the Browns. We'll do a recap show on that this week. What's just a quick little snippet of what you think of the Browns?
1: I'm kind of nervous about this game. I, I'm I'm real scared of Miles Garrett. Uh, that we seen we saw them struggle against Chandler Jones, and I think Miles Garrett is even better than that. Um, the the weapons Baker Mayfield doesn't scare me. His weapons after last Thursday they they kind of scare me a little bit more. Maybe it was because it was against the Bengals, but I'm just a little nervous. I don't think these are the the punching bag Browns that that we're used to. Um, so just a little nervous.
0: Yeah, me too. And if we, we got to play against Odell, who, if you ask Washington fans, he's been traded to our team five times in the last two weeks, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the point of getting his own jersey edits. Um, but we'll have a guest on that show, too, and break it down. Hopefully we can turn things around and go two on one. If not, it'll definitely be interesting. So stay tuned for that, and we will see you all this week.